G'day guys, welcome back to the Scott Goodin Project Podcast. I've had a bit of a hiatus, I've been busy working on a new program of mine which I launched early July which is called Recondition.me but it was good to jump back in the saddle so to speak and have a, a an amazing guest who I had the pleasure of meeting only a couple of weeks ago for the first time at a 180 Inc. Uh, presentation that we did for mental health awareness up on the northern beaches and I just I liked what he had to say and I liked his delivery and his message so it was a pleasure to get him on the podcast. Um, He's an all-round super nice guy and I'm really surprised that we haven't crossed paths but I'm glad that we have now. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Kale Brock. And yes, that is his real name. All right, welcome to the podcast, Kale Brock. <laughs> you got my name right, Scotty. <laughs> For once. Well, it's not, it's not a usual name. No. I, I actually thought, I'm sure you get this all the time and we spoke about this briefly, but... I actually thought, given that the industry that you're in, you've mm. just kind of coined this cool veggie name. <laughs> so many people you, ask. Do you get exhausted by that constant? Oh, like, I mean, it's a logical sort of um, progression <laughs> to arrive at, or a conclusion to arrive at. Arrive at, like you said, because I'm in the health industry. I've been here for quite a while. Mm. Kale's like super hip at the moment. <laughs> um, but no, it's on my birth certificate. I was born Kale Brock, and. You Have know you what? Met, met any other kales? I've met. I actually w- was at school with another kale. Oh, spelt the fuck same. Off. Yeah, yeah. Really? Seriously, yeah, yeah. So that was the only one I really met. Spelt the same, like the vegetable. And um, <laughs> someone said to me the other day. Someone comes up and goes, <laughs> "This is so funny." They go, "Oh, your your mum must have had a sense of humour." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. I don't know how to respond, but no, it's good. I don't care. I mean. But also the surname, like yeah, it's it's almost very, broccoli. Yeah. yeah, it's quite a cruciferous sort of setup. It is, yeah. <laughs> Maybe your mum did have a sense of humour. Maybe, but I think grandma said to mum when she found out, because it was the only name on dad's list that mum could handle. Like dad had all these uh, weird names. Like what else did he have? Blaze and you know, real sort of intense what's, what's names. What's his like background? Uh well, see, he's from Port Augusta, so he's. Um, the dad's side is Indigenous. Right. Uh, he did Indigenous Australian. Um, so he's from Port Augusta, which is like three hours north of Adelaide. It's a yeah. real country, football, you know, yeah. all, all the camping, fishing, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So that was a big part of my childhood, and he was sort of rough, a rough guy. Right. Um, and he... Is he still with us? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he, um, yeah, he had, just had all these weird names, like Blaze was the one I remember. But mum's like, we're not calling... Yeah, him Blaze that. is pretty. <laughs> it's a big statement. It's pretty dark, eh? Hey, yeah. And now I come out like blonde hair, blue eyed little surfer kid called Blaze. I think that would have been pretty weird. <laughs> it's one of those things that throughout your childhood, mm. like a baby called Blaze and a toddler called Blaze and, you know, a little kid called Blaze is cute. Yeah. But then as you get into adulthood, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. named my son Tashi. Yeah. Which is That's unique. fairly unusual, unless mm. you go to Tibet and it's okay. like as common as John. Like yeah, that. right. Okay. And so, yeah, Tashi as a baby and a toddler and a little boy is kind of cute. Yeah. But then you don't meet many, like, <laughs> you don't sit around the boardroom yeah. table and meet many uh, mm. Tashis, but I guess that's all changing. Like, he goes to a Steiner school. Oh, yeah, so there'd be lots other, of different names there. Every other kid is... Yeah. Broccoli. Bro- yeah. Heaps, <laughs> heaps of broccoli. <laughs> 
charred. Swiss charred. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the other kale doing these days? Um, I think he was working on boats. I don't know, just doing yeah, some right. boats and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We we both surfed, but then yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I think he was this pretty heavy stoner. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, which I never got into. So um, never yeah, went. No, no. He probably. You look a bit stoned now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably like smoke weed maybe like two or three times. No, maybe four or five times in my life, and just in very different circumstances never right. as part of like a routine or something always on holiday mm. sitting watching a sunset in Sri Lanka after surfing all day or something mm. like that um yeah it's, it's just not that interesting to yeah, me because right. honestly you feel so good all the time I, I feel so good all the time that that stuff doesn't really enhance my mm. experience it's always been that way with alcohol as well even now drinker. even now that you're sort of more conscious and aware you're not intrigued by that kind of door opening <laughs> side of of weed yeah not that i smoke but kinda i don't know there's sort of any any experience i had with it or mind altering substances in any way were always um <clears throat> not as pure and enjoyable as my experiences doing other things like surfing mm. so i've just had like blissful moments surfing and, you know, you go and you just get the best barrel of your life and mm. you come out, that's the best feeling mm. in the world. You are mm. electric at that point. And you go through it. You always have those moments with surfing. Not always, but you have some big moments of, like, connectedness. I've never had that yeah. moment. Oh, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. It just changes your perspective. I've been chatting with people about surfing so much lately because it's such a big part of my life and saying how it's such a blessing but it's such a curse because you're always... Um, comparing surfing. everything to surfing, going, right. yeah, this is great, but it's, uh, I wish there were waves. Like in Positano in Italy, this beautiful place, like, yeah, so nice, I wish there were waves. <laughs> you know? It's cathedral, but yeah. <laughs> it's the beach. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit <clears throat> stressful. It can get stressful as a surfer, but overall, you're just, it's such well, the a... the stress is that you can't be the, in the water. All the time, yeah. Yeah, right. But again, if I was in the water all the time, it would lose its specialness. Yeah, it would lose it's getting, its value. It's getting that yeah. sweet spot, I'd imagine. Yeah. Which is... I, I live with a surfer. Mm. Um, I yeah. think he's given up talking to me incessantly about it because <laughs> I must just glaze over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, it seems like one of those activities that once it's, once it's in you, it becomes part of your DNA. Totally, yeah. So do you surf most days? Pretty much every day. Uh, if I'm not surfing, like it's been flat for a week, I'm still swimming every day. Yeah, still right. getting in the water. It's winter, the middle of winter. It's cold. Not as cold as Adelaide. In your, in your <laughs> budgies? Uh, yeah, just in boardies or I just bought some budgies. So I haven't pulled them out back here in Australia yet. Um, mm. Or we'll do like... It's quite revealing, isn't it? It is. You forget. You, know, you wear them when you're a grom and you're just like, Oh, no worries. Mm. And all of a sudden, you got like hairy legs, and Have you? yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, don't know. I suppose. But you know, and you get self-conscious, don't you? It's a bit silly. But <clears throat> no, the budgies don't come out that often. But we still swim, swim every day. I think it's the best way to end a workout. Mm. You get in the cold ocean. Mm. You something, there's something about it. Like turtles yeah, live to two hundred <laughs> years old, or whatever it is. Not with like, ring pulls around the neck. No, no, no. Yeah, so I don't know. There's something about the ocean and, and longevity and health, I think, that I really appreciate. 
yeah, there's nothing better than the feeling of coming out of the ocean when it's particularly if it's cold. Totally. You don't you don't get that in Thailand mm. or no. far north Queensland. Mm. It's that invigorating. And you get the burn across your back, mm. like when it's windy, cold wind or something. Have you got into that? Um, like cryotherapy or even ice baths. That <clears throat> seems to be the thing that everyone... I got invited mm. last week to a... Did you go? Uh, no. No. Couldn't find my budgies. But, <laughs> but literally, I saw a mate's post on Instagram and yeah. it was four of them in a kid's paddling pool with like 40 bags of ice and some water. Yeah. For two minutes. And I spoke to the guy, Ben, uh, who's actually been on this podcast. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh and he said it was two minutes, which seemed like a really fucking long time. <laughs> but he was so high after mm. for the rest of the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's his name? Wim? Wim Hof? Yeah, well, it's, it's Dean Gladstone, who's okay. the, one of the Bondi surf guys. Yeah. And so he's been initiated into it by Wim. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he just blew up when he was on the Tim Ferriss show. And I knew of him before through the Czech program. And yeah. um, I had been sort of reading into his stuff, and then he just blew up. But for me, I don't know, where do they get the ice from? Like, do they go and just buy a bunch of ice bags? Mm. See, I couldn't do that because of the plastic. Oh, uh, yeah. It would totally just mess with me. I'm ice so cube bad trays. with that. Yeah, well, you need some form of ice production <laughs> facility. Thousands that, of them. Yeah, 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 that doesn't need um, all those plastic bags, because that would kill me to rip mm. those open just for a couple of minutes of, mm. of ice before it melts. Mm. Um, but yeah, the ocean, you know, yeah, it's Dean. Kind of, yeah, Dean. <laughs> what are you doing, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could come up with a solution there. For sure. Maybe you could. Yeah, but I'm just not interested. <laughs> the ocean's cold well, enough, I, heard, I heard this thing about Wim. Not that it was a conspiracy, mm. and, I, and it might have been um, Joe Rogan, but he's, he's got a twin brother. Oh, no way. So he, his... Wim's sort of um, physical or physiological attributes he's mm. assigning to his cold therapy and his breathing, yeah. right? So he's got his own protocol around yeah. breathing and he's, you know, he's pretty familiar with uh, cold water therapy. So he's got a certain amount of round fat and he's yeah. got VO2 max. He's got all these, like, physiological adaptations that he's assigning to... But his twin brother is a long-distance lorry driver. Pretty sedentary kind of lifestyle. And he has the same... No. Yeah, physiological really? markers. I wonder if that's true. It'd be good to ask him. It's true. I said it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the internet never lies. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it could be just full genetics. Could, yeah, it could be genetics, yeah. yeah. He's done those... I've seen videos of him, or maybe just little pictures or something being tested in laboratories by a bunch right. of scientists fighting off infections that they deliberately expose him to right using it's breath work yeah it could no. be maybe they're all actors like <laughs> staged yeah <laughs> yeah it's a photo shoot but you know there's something to be said about just breathing <clears throat> you know and what it does for them because we all so many people don't breathe properly mm, I don't think I do you catch sh- yourself don't you mm. yeah but that's a good thing. Yeah, we, we did a talk last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. And actually, a couple of things you said stuck with me. Mm. And it's trying to help me. A couple of, one was eating with more mindfulness. Yeah. 
I'm trying to be the last to finish. I yeah. think that's a really... Except when you're on your own. <laughs> Except when you're on your own. I nail that. Yeah. yeah. Always yeah. the best. <laughs> Every time. You're there for a long time if you um, And the other thing that I actually wanted to pick your brains more, I did ask you a question at the time, was about this sort of... You worked for a while and then went, oh, fuck, this is all yeah. too worky-worky. I'm, yeah, I'm bailing out. Mm. And so you went around the world and went on this sort of epic adventure. Yeah. But with such little money. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, if I, if I did that, like the notion of it is very romantic and yeah. appealing yeah, and alluring. Yeah. Everyone wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but once I got to the other side, if I had no money or very little money that would just be a massive stressor yeah because I, I, that's kind of my main stress yeah now mm. so I, are you self-employed yeah totally yeah. yeah yeah have been for 20 years yeah yeah and so fitness industry yeah yeah um and so that's that's my only stress yeah so mm. can you help me <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack it <laughs> no because it, it's, yeah. it's something that <clears throat> does feature heavily like i'm yeah. sure it does for a lot of people to have that totally stress to pay rent stress mm. to put food on the table yeah and so to have that ability to kind of dissolve yourself of that yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty powerful stuff robert d d does it apply <clears throat> when you're back home not as much no no you're a bit more carefree when you're yeah it's expensive here mm. so you need a minimum effective dose of money here yeah. to yeah. survive um there's a few places I could start. I'll start start with Robert Rodriguez. He is a awesome, you know, Hollywood director. Well, he's hardly even Hollywood because he lives in Texas and he's just like this rogue. Um, such a legend. <clears throat> he deliberately restricts budget, restricts personnel on um, all his films because he says that when you do that, you become way more creative. Right. Um, and I think a certain to a certain extent that is probably why I chased down those adventures and challenges. Um, <clears throat> when I was at Channel 10, this is my first job, so I was in school. Well, i got to even go back even further. <laughs> so when I was in school, I was like 14 or 15, I was like, I want to be an actor. And I was like sort of making progression to that. And I was like, no, I want to be a journalist. I want to change the world. And I want to do it on TV. <clears throat> and I was writing for Surfing South Australia. And... Um, doing a bunch of articles for them then got a pod it was like a video podcasting job for them where we do like episodes sort of wrapping up what was happening in the mm. surfing industry so that was my sort of first experience with presenting what what, what year is this this is like circa <laughs> so. 20 no it was like 2000 and fuck 2000 it can't be that long ago if, it, if it's video yeah, yeah but it was pr pretty pioneering, I'd say. Mate, I can go back to the mid-70s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> You're all right. I'm feeling better. Um, yeah, it was like 2006, maybe. Right. Yeah, 2007. And we were doing that. I was commentating the surf contests as well. And I sort of got into it that way. <clears throat> then I, and again, it was probably, I don't know when it all started, but I was at school at the same time. I got uh, a tertiary entrance score of 98 out of 100, yeah, so right. I was the top of my school. Um, so I got into the course that I wanted and I was like, you know what, this all seems like really annoying. 
I, they're trying to mould me into something and I never, ever wanted to be moulded into what they wanted me to be. Mm. Um, I always had this thing about if everyone's going one direction, I'm going to check out what's happening the other way. Yeah, right. I don't know why, if it's just like this ego thing or if it's just like a curiosity so thing. So you run towards a tsunami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> but, you know, in a logical sense, <clears throat> I hope. And I <coughs> excuse me, did that with school. And when I left school, I was like, I'm not going to go to uni. I'm going to go and travel in my van. And I put all my surfing stuff in my van and travelled around the east coast of Australia for a year, lived in Byron Bay, did that whole thing and sort of became a little bit nomad. And that, for me, that was my walkabout. You know, that was where I really felt like I went from child to man. And I know it sounds really cheesy, but I honestly think that is such a huge missing piece of the puzzle here. Um, We don't allow time for kids to grow up. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of like school, uni, work. Mm. Uh, there's no like go off and explore and get challenged and, mm. and be out on your own and think and, and meditate and all these different things. So that was a really big year for me. And then I got offered a job at Channel 10 um, as a TV reporter for Totally Wild, which is like mm. a children's yeah, program. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. As an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like write the stories, um, speak with the talent, organise all the interviews, produce on the day and present, do the right. VOs back in the office, do the rough edit, send it to the editor. So got this incredible boot camp mm. in storytelling, mm. which was like <clears throat> the most valuable thing I'd ever done, way more than anything I was going to get at university. So I was, at this point I'm thinking, yes, no uni. And um, <clears throat> after two years of doing that, I was like completely... Um, I saw through this silly idea that people should work every single, you know, five days a week, Mm. nine till five Mm. for the rest of their lives. They would be pissed off if I rocked up at 9.15 instead of nine. Mm. And they were like, you have to get here at 8.45 for a nine o'clock start. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm finishing my work in like four hours. Mm. So the second half of the day, I'd just be sitting there kind of, Looking at the clock. Like looking at the clock or watching surfing videos with my headphones on, just doing stupid shit, you know. Mm. And then I'd leave at quarter to five because I was like, I don't want to sit in traffic. And they'd be pissed off again. So I had this thing so going... You're, st- you're still doing <laughs> what's required of you. Yeah, totally. But just yeah, yeah. A... Not, not shirking work or yeah. anything like that, yeah. So doing everything. Um, admittedly, probably for the first six months, I was maybe rushing. So after a while, I thought, no, I've got to slow down and really commit to this. Um, and my storytelling style changed after a really good discussion with one of the producers who was a great mentor. Um, and I was still getting all my work done, so I was leaving early. So really early on I had this rejection or annoyance of people trying to control what I was doing um, with my time. You know, it we, was weird to find at school and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I was, it was weird because I was the naughty kid, but I was also getting the best marks. Yeah, right. So I had really good relationships with some teachers who were not egomaniacs and control freaks, and then the ones who were control freaks were t- totally disenchanted with kale broccoli <laughs> because because I just didn't care what they thought. You know, I was doing my work, I was following the rules, but I was doing it in my own way. Like that, you know, we. It's just stupid rules like, oh, you can't wear your hood. Um, they gave us year 12 jumpers with hoods on them but then decided halfway through the year that we couldn't wear the hoods. 
And I was like, no, fuck off, it's cold. Why? Because it's like anti-social? <laughs> I, like... I think so, yeah. And I was like always wearing my hood because I don't know why. I just wanted to wear the hood. Yeah. So these small moments of like um, rebellion yeah. <laughs> really sort of set me up for it. And it was always rewarded for me internally, never externally, often. Um, or sometimes externally. But internally it was always like, for me it was like, yeah, got it, one up. Little, yeah. little high five, <laughs> you know. They can tell me off, and then I walk around the corner and put my hood back on, like all these silly little things, um, which eventually led to me finishing my two years at Channel Ten and going, "Hey, can I go part time?" And they were like, "No, we probably think it's best that you leave." And I was like, "Sure, <laughs> I no, think it's really? time for me to go." And um, <clears throat> so I went to Africa for about five weeks and did a lot of Africa. Um, my brother had married a South African and went there. And at that point, I had just sort of get, gotten close to the ideas or became exposed to the ideas of travel. Um, and it was all exotic and romantic at that point. And then I booked straight away after Africa, which was like the best trip ever. But I was with my family. Um, straight away, when I got home, I booked a trip to Bali for two weeks and then I booked another trip to Asia, Southeast Asia for four months and did um, Sri Lanka, lived in Sri Lanka for two months on the beach, mm. surfing like, every day. In Ikadua, yep. the south coast of Sri Lanka, uh, $7 a night accommodation. This is where you start to go into the territory of, <laughs> I don't need that much money. $7 a night accommodation, spending maybe 30 a day on food, if that. Um, $5 huge buffet Sri Lankan dinners yeah, and it's like the best I, I just think of the friends I met on that trip and, and our general lifestyle of doing nothing and just surfing all day and yeah. eating and sleeping yeah. um, and partying and kissing Swedish girls you know <laughs> like the, just the best thing and um, I just became so addicted to that challenge you know because in the moments of um, challenge and let's make it tangible so trying to get from one place Ikadua down the coast to another without spending too much money and having to walk a path that's never been walked before and walk to the train station and sort of climb up out of the way from the trains and all these different things and getting onto a rickety old train with a toilet that's just a hole cut in the floor that yeah. you just have to squat around and shit through. Yeah. Amazing, eh? Like, all those experiences. You, yeah, good, good. <laughs> <clears throat> all those experiences have just totally made me so much more resilient. Hey, you got your surfboard when you're getting yeah. on the train? Yeah, yeah, Fuck. yeah. It comes everywhere. Yeah. So, again, blessing but a curse because you travel with a surfboard, it's a pain in yeah. the ass. Yeah. But, yeah, just tr all those different situations. I remember the first night in Sri Lanka we were driving down. We had, like, just asked this random guy because the taxis were too expensive and we're like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> so we got paid this guy, like, $10 or whatever to go down the coast and we rounded a corner. First thing we saw was this van that had tipped over and there was, like, bodies oh, strewn across the road and we were like, whoa, what the hell have we gotten into? So for the, ne the next four months was slightly more peaceful. <laughs> I, I, I've been to Sri Lanka and I've been yeah. to India. I, I think it was actually in Sri Lanka we were getting up to the tea plantations in, oh, in yeah. the hills. Yeah, in, near Candy and stuff. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I don't know, it's a long time ago now. And I actually, we were in the back of this bus and the guy's doing, over trying to overtake on hairpin Crazy. on the side of a mountain. Yeah. 
to the point where I just walked up the front because I'm holding onto the seat in front with fucking Mm -hmm. white knuckles and going, I could die (laughs) and I have no choice in the matter. You're threatening my life. Yeah. Just, just dialogue the whole time. Yeah. I don't want to die. I'm fucking 23. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I just go up to the front of the bus, sit next to the driver and just go, you need to fucking calm down, my friend. <laughs> it's what he does every day. Yeah, he probably has nothing. done for 20 years. I'm yeah. like, buddy, there's no need to overtake that. <laughs> just relax. Yeah. I want to get there. We all want to get there. Because yeah. as you're climbing up and you're doing all these hair pin turns, yeah. like you can see buses that have left yeah. the road do you know what I mean like as you were saying like yeah <clears throat> it's yeah. gnarly yeah. but those sort of circumstances for sure make you grow force you to grow mm. um, and now the last trip I did spending four months in Europe I got back what three weeks ago um, it's the first oh, it's the first trip I've done where I've had more money than I needed and came back with more than I went because of the movie and, you know, everything mm. that's happening behind the scenes. But I think, you know, we were we were challenged in a way. Like, I, we got robbed in Portugal. Oh, really? Yeah, like, so Mugged. much stuff. No, they broke into my car when we were surfing. Uh, um, and that just, like, threw a huge spanner in the works. Um, what, wallet, All your passport's gone. My brand new computer, all the footage I've been shooting. Ah, and, fuck. Yeah, yeah, my camera, like, all these different things. Um, all the Emma's stuff, like, all of it gone. All her clothes as well. Yeah, so it's pretty it's gnarly. It's the computer that's the, you know, it passport is. can be replaced. Yeah, but the photos, the video, the work that you put mm. in. But even, so I had money, right, but <laughs> I still get challenged on the road and I think back you know I still think the best experiences I had um, were when I didn't have any money you know travelling with, without money um, but probably because they were so raw and they forced me to grow the first night we arrived in Sri Lanka we had nowhere to stay we arrived at 1am and this guy just came out of his house this Sri Lankan man big fat belly no teeth and just goes yes you can sleep in here and he put, took us in like this dingy little office with mosquitoes everywhere and we just put our board covers on the ground and slept on our board covers and we're thinking fuck what have we got ourselves into but that same guy fed us for the next two yeah. months in the evening beautiful evenings, people you know yeah. yeah so yeah I think everybody should experience some form of that mm. and that's why I'm so passionate about telling people like go and put yourself but out I've, your I've comfort l- zone yeah well I've lost touch with that I think yeah you know, I I left the UK. Not dissimilar to you in that. At the age of twenty-two, you know, I'd finished uni, <clears throat> I'd got my degree, yeah. and then I was like, I'm not in a position to make that choice about the job that I want for the next forty years. You know, <laughs> everyone around you is like, yeah. I've been a painter for forty years. My mum and dad have been land landlords of um, pubs for forty years. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, I can't. I don't know what I want to do yeah. for the next 12 mm. months. Let it. So I came uh, and I travelled around. I went to Southeast Asia and India and Sri Lanka and all those places. Yeah. Had, had the best time. And then when I look back, I, I was carefree. Mm-hmm. Well, my memories are that I was carefree. Yeah. Whether that was... Well, I was more carefree. I had fuck all money. Mm. You know, I had I was working in warehouses and construction and had no, had no money. But I've since lost touch with that. Mm. 
I guess my responsibilities have increased and <laughs> I need to grind and I need to but I want to get back in touch with that mm. guy and that attitude I guess yeah. 20 years ago you know it's almost like I don't relate to him anymore <laughs> yeah. you know I find that's why people we naturally seek out ways to challenge ourselves you know like this addiction to pain sort of thing mm. that's I mean, may, it's. I think it's part of the reason why people go and smash themselves in the gym, mm. you know, to challenge themselves because they're craving it. Mm. It's probably one of the reasons why we see so much, um, you know, built up or pent up energy and rage in especially men because there's no outlet, you know, there's no natural outlet for them to do it in a more crea- creative way than to get in a fight. Mm. You know, um, so I think. Well, do you not think that's like a normal rite of passage for a totally for a guy? Yeah, mm. but I think you know it's probably more beneficial if we can do it without killing each other mm. and sort of. You're into MMA and no, no. Do you no. do what do you do? Boxing? God, no. Just boxing or something? No, no? no boxing. Okay, maybe I just saw some <laughs> photos or something. Um, yeah, but. You know, giving healthy outlets for that or for me, it's, you know, it's traveling. But on a more constant level, it's surfing. Mm. One of the biggest things, the place I wanted to get to for so long, and this is probably more relevant to what you're doing. For me, it was like, how much money do I need to just get by so that I can pursue things that really matter to me, Mm. which might make money or might not? For instance, the gut movie. So, like, I didn't just start out the career in in independent freelance sort of production um, by going, I'm going to make the gut movie, you know, because I had no safety net whatsoever. And it is important to have a safety net, especially when you're here, um, because especially for you as well, you've got a family to look after. Mm. And so for me, it was like, what is my minimum effective wage that I, that I need? How much money do I need per day, literally down to the day? How much money do I need? How can I create that? passively so for me i was like i'm gonna start an online business so i started you know way back then in going to sri lanka was when i started it right starting the business at that point and um so i started like an online store it's still going seven years later the gut health store um it's called nice life but anyway uh so that that's now running i've got someone else managing it so that was like one passive thing and then i was like okay great so that's going okay i was like packaging parcels from home for so long i had so mum what is doing it like it. products like yeah like gut yeah. health products yeah. basically because that's sort of where where we were back then um and then it was okay that's going okay like <laughs> The sort of situation we had like a spare room in, at home when I was living with my parents and like mum would pack up parcels while I was away good like it's full good like how good's mum um full rustic sort of rudimentary setup and then <clears throat> cottage industry <laughs> yeah basically and then you know that was only a little bit of money and I was like okay wh- what else can I do and all the while still saying like how can I sincerely add value to, to people's lives while it, it being passive in nature because um, one of my passions is yeah, to an extent I enjoy meeting people and being around people but for the majority of my time I like being alone or with my family mm. um, 
I just, you know, I would burn out straight away. Like when I did the gut movie tour recently, at the end I was like, I don't want to see anyone. I mm. just want to be at home alone. Mm. So um, how can I do that without having to go out and do workshops or talks or whatever like that? So I started, I did like a bunch of online courses. So all of a sudden they're going well. And then I wrote a book and then I wrote another book. And then, you know, um, after a while it was, then I, oh, I did the gut healing summit and then I did the movie. And, you know, it was this gradual progression mm. where I'm at a point now where everything's covered. I'm safe from a passive standpoint, like our YouTube channel. Um, we did a surfing YouTube channel, that, which was a surprising success. Um, so all these different things have led to a point where passively I'm okay. Like I can not do work for a year, not earn much money, but be fine, mm. you know, be okay. Um, so that then frees me up to pursue creative endeavours, which I perceive as challenging and meaningful. <clears throat> And hopefully we'll end up being, you know, um, big sort of projects that I can look back on and, so and be is proud it, is of. Is that where you're at now? Yeah. So you've sort of set yourself up passively. You've yeah. got your online courses and yeah. your, your products and yeah. your book and stuff. Yeah. So what what is that? What does that look like? So got a, it's so multifaceted. I was, no, no, it's fine. I was speaking with someone yesterday, my friend who's a real estate agent. Maybe he sold you your home up there. Maybe. <laughs> Steve. Oh, okay, no, he's from LJ Hooker Avalon. Um, and he, I was speaking with him and he's like, I want to start an online business. So your lifestyle is very interesting. Um, so yeah, basically I've got a book that sells here in Australia and I've got stores that sell it. Uh, we sell a lot online too. We, I've got that same book doing quite well in the States now too with a Great. Primal Blueprint, uh, Mark Sisson's publishing oh, yeah. company. Yeah, right. Um, and then my online courses on Udemy tick along all the time, which I think I've got four, three or four up there um, with probably more to come. The Gut Healing Summit, the, uh, the Gut Health Store, the YouTube Revenue. You're making me feel very lazy. Affiliate mate. incomes, <laughs> like all these various things that at the time I was like, oh, yeah, interesting. Set that up, yeah. and they've just ticked along. Just over time, you've got... Yeah, bop, 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 yeah. and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you're, you're getting 20 or 30 grand a year, passive, completely passive. Mm. Um, and you're like, oh, great, I can just chill and, and mm. make make calculated decisions on what I want to do, not what I need to do. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a long roundabout way of saying that I those challenges... What the fucking yeah. question was. Yeah, like something about <laughs> those challenges and travelling without money and stuff all led me to the point of the point of when money isn't a necessity when money isn't on your brain mm. every single day and it's mm. at the forefront mm. it leads to you living a much more creative and liberated life mm. and that's where i am now i went so far back didn't i <laughs> yeah tell me about the movie yeah uh, i'm really surprised our paths haven't crossed to be honest mm. you know no, like no, I, I, I saw you 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 know i followed you for a while oh cool but um, given that we sort of sing from the same hymn book, I'm surprised we haven't. Mm. So it's nice to kind of yeah, connect. Good, good um, connect. But tell, tell me about the, the African trip. Yeah. So <clears throat> the movie was, I did the Gut Healing Summit, which is where I interviewed maybe like 13 oh, practitioners right. on gut health. And they were in-depth interviews, you know, 45 to 60 minutes long. So um, you're like a host? Of yeah, the, right. yeah. That's my job. Like, right. I'm much better being a host than trying to be a health coach because I'm a health and exercise coach through the Czech program, but I never really used it because gotcha. I was like, I don't like this. I'd rather dig in. 
um, right. and then take the incredible work that these people are doing and turn it into a more comprehensive and entertaining message for everybody else. Um, so I'm kind of the middleman. So you, you, that was your enterprise, the the yeah, the Gut Healing Summit. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you're the host, but you you set it up and you're yep. the host. And, so right, just okay. under my production company, Brock Creative Media, and we did that. Um, so I filmed it all because yeah, I was right. like, no, I'm sick of Skype interviews, and that's why I stopped my previous podcast. I was yeah. like, nah, fuck it, I'm done. I'm yeah. so sick of these Skype recordings. I can't see the person. I can't connect. Uh, yeah, don't There's feel that any little energy. delay. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, so I was like, no, nah, I'm going to break through it. I'm going to do in-person interviews. So I sort Great. of flew around a little bit, did a couple of Skype interviews. Like with Pete, was his schedule's gnarly, so it couldn't sort of align. Um, a guy in the States and then a guy in Queensland, we did Skype. Most of them were in-person, did the video stuff. And then from that, I just had so many questions left over. Mm. It's like with the gut, it's the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Mm. It's so complex and that's why I'm so glad I'm not a practitioner or a scientist in this field. <laughs> Um, so I was like, you know what, there's a movie in this. There's a story to tell. And basically the premise of the film was I go as far away from civilization as possible, go out and live with this traditional hunter-gatherer tribe called the Sun in Namibia um, and live with them for a week to see what they're doing, how they're living, test my gut before and after, test their gut bacteria as well as a sort of comparison um, and use that story as a vehicle on which to discuss the microbiome. Just, just hold it there. Like, mm. what's, how did you reach out? Like, what's the yeah. connection? It was funny, that first and trip... And can I have your, a stool sample? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, it's so weird. So that first trip to Africa that I did with my family was done with a guy my brother met um, he, while he was in Africa for the World Cup years ago and met his now wife. Right. Um, he met this guy over there who was running tours like African tours into whatever. And so we did Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana, South Africa, did all this with him. And I reached out and I was like, hey, mate, this is my idea. Is it feasible? Can, is this a viable idea? He's like, oh, I'll make some calls. I think I know of, of one particular foundation. So he called the Living Culture Foundation over there. Right. Um, and they have like a subsidiary sort of thing called the Nai Nai Conservancy, which is this area um, that is kind of dedicated to the sun or the bushmen um, to allow them to live traditionally and naturally and to try to sustainably commercialize it um, by conducting tourism activities so very very few people go um, only a handful of the sun is, is there an element of that kind of voyeuristic like cause this was a big thing I did at uni about yeah. this sort of staged authenticity yeah totally was, yeah. is that kind of a... well you saw it a little bit like one of the biggest examples of that was when we had to drive into town to charge batteries and stuff because there's no power or anything. And they mm. do live out there. They're mm. not, like, rocking up for the day and then <laughs> yeah, going back right. to their mansion. Stay, staying in motels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they do ones. live there and they do eat all the food and stuff like that. Um, nowadays, their diet is supplemented because right. their area is restricted so much. Right. They're no longer nomadic um, and they're not allowed to hunt big game animals right. because they're a tourist attraction right. so previously they would have hunted giraffe yeah, they course. would have hunted um you know buffalo zebra yeah yeah well i think they can still get zebra um but these big animals are not allowed to hunt anymore mm. because they're tourist attractions right and they're not allowed to enter the national parks where tourists because it's game driving right safari africa um so it's it's a really sad situation so the government actually supplements their diet with maize meal which is just a base really basic grain um 
So that was one example. And then the next example was we, we had to go into town to charge the camera batteries and stuff. And um, I think a couple of other things. We tried to get internet to suss out the surf in Skeleton Bay, but it didn't really work. And um, we're like, oh, we're going to town. Sounds like a welcoming kind of yeah. surf spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Skeleton Bay, right? It's pretty famous. It's a good way. Right. Um, but, yeah, we went into town. We're like, oh, do you guys want to come? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put their, like, they've got really old giveaway Western clothes. Um, so they're wearing their, all their Kalahari stuff throughout the day. And then, they, you know, they're putting on, like, a Air Jordan. X- XL, Air Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> XL T-shirt, um, you know, bad boy T-shirt or whatever yeah. that drapes down to the knees. Um, so they hop, like, ten of them hop in the back of our ute and they're all packed in there all, like, like clicking away in their yeah, right. awesome language. And they come into town and the first thing they do, they go to the store and they buy a soft drink. Yeah, right. You know, so it was like that was a little bit sad for me to see yeah. that. Um, because it's just kind of the only way I sort of justified it and sort of said, oh, you know, it might not be okay, might not be too bad, um, is that they never get to do that. You know, mm. for them it's like a few times True. a year, you know. Yeah, so, but it was sad as well because... But it's also, it's interesting that that is held in like high regard, yeah. like, you know, oh, great, yeah. get a sun kiss story, you know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. I guess for them it's that it's a bit like nectar, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so sweet yeah. in tasting. Totally addicted like, to oh, God, concentrate. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was that was probably the only um, false, mm. the only part of it where I was like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, there's another sucks. layer here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the majority of their time is spent out in the bush. They're 25Ks out of town, so they yeah. don't walk it. Um and yeah, they're, they're living out there. They're living a sort of 99% true, authentic mm. lifestyle that the Bushmen have lived for so long, besides the nomadic element, because they just can't do that anymore. Um, but it's probably the same sort of situation that Indigenous Australians are dealing with here, um, in that they've lost, to an extent, a lost connection with the traditional culture. And it's almost impossible to move back to that. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of issues there, but... Like I said, that was sort of the the base narrative on which we wanted to get people talking about the gut microbiome. So we bounce back to various segments. Um, we come back here to Sydney and talk about poo transplants with Professor Thomas Barodi, who sort of pioneered it all. Um, we bounce to Melbourne with Professor Mimi Tang, who talked about the peanut allergy study, re- reversing peanut allergies using probiotics and yeah, right. like incredible stuff. So that was really, for me, the main point of it all. It was just to provide a discussion medium. But, you know, that sort of... Um, it wasn't really lost in the story, but it sort of blended quite heavily and it all became a, a mix of Africa and then grabs from my experts talking about the gut and being too clean or what to eat and all these different things. But, yeah, no, it's gone really well, though. I mean, we've had, like, 50 sold-out shows now, which is pretty yeah, incredible. So you've just done a tour, right? I did the original tour, so I travelled around and, like, did all the screenings. Like, people were surprised to see me. It was so funny. They were like, oh, you're here. <laughs> so I'd be, like, on the tickets, at the door, like, scanning people in. I like to be a part well, of you it. You kind of... You kind of have to do that. I think so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, people obviously want to meet you because you're the filmmaker mm. and no one knows more about the film than you. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to 
do yeah. that, you know, unless you... It's good. Yeah. It's good. And you get on the ground and you know what eventually you are delegating to someone else. Mm. You know in detail what it involves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I did for the first tour. And then I did a smaller second tour because we had so many people miss out because things sold out and blah, blah, blah. So we did some of the same spots again. And then I started working with Fanforce, which is who Pete worked with with the yeah. Magic Pill. And it's just like an on-demand get a screening happening service gotcha yeah so I've worked with them and now we're yeah approaching I think 50 sold out shows which is really nice I think we're over it now I think Netflix sidelined um, Magic Pill oh did they yeah yeah right which is fucking crazy so cool I mean when you've got a massive no I mean they kind of oh did they they kick it yeah they had it up on for a few weeks Sorry, that's my. You're that's my. Man. No, it's my girlfriend. We're both fasting. <laughs> She's asking like, uh, "Am I hungry?" As <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, they had it on for a few weeks, yeah. which, you know, I'm thinking that's oh, pretty progressive. You yeah. Know? And they have lots of other titles. Like, what that, the health and stuff? Yeah. Which is super. And then yeah, I heard heard the the other week that they've canned it. Really? I thought but they. The is, I thought Pete the, posted that they were like supporting it instead and, and extending yeah, th- the deal I, and no, stuff. Oh, unless I've got my wires crossed. Mate, I but I know. think it was after that. After that, yeah. Yeah, I might have my wires crossed, but... But the wow. thing is with Pete, like, he, he he gets so much scrutiny, so but much. at no point, he's always in his in his books and his films. Yeah. <laughs> Can we silence that? I think that? so. Does that fuck up our recording? No, I don't think so. No? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> He always has doctors and yeah. people with you know letters after their name, <laughs> yeah. kind of referencing stuff. It's yeah. never him mm. saying this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like he's, he's even on his. I don't know. I don't know why he gets such a raw deal. It is right. It's, oh man, he must have like emotional stability to it, the extreme. Yeah. Because I couldn't. Yeah. Straight through I could that, not you know? like deal a snow with plow. no. It's crazy. I suppose he. Struggled to I, deal with I it initially stress out too. And lose my mind if someone unfollows me, <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't retweet me. Yeah, it doesn't retweet. Yeah, I don't know. He's very stable. Um, I can't believe Netflix kicked it because they've got like essentially vegan propaganda on know, there as well, like what the health and. I know. Yeah, bizarre. I, look, I might I might be wrong, but that's what was. Yeah. 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 I okay. Might. Oh, interesting. Mm. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing, you know. The mainstream part of me goes, oh, whatever, because mainstream media, to me, after being in the industry, it's expired. Mm. It's going out. Mm. You know, especially being at Channel Ten during like the dark years when their share price was just like dropping like crazy. They had all these management issues, and I saw like 30 people get fired one day or made redundant one day and walk out the office crying, like Shit. all these things. And I just saw firsthand how how mainstream media, how we know it so far, is completely dying, mm. um, and how probably all the attention will go to one or two channels, like probably seven and nine, which mm. doesn't happen. And then. Um, I always sort of had the idea in my head that Netflix would be really powerful and independent. Um, but, yeah, maybe... I, feel I wonder like where I, the pressure came from. I feel like we've got my wires crossed Maybe. Now. Should we look it up? Yeah, we should. I'm just going to punch it in. Makes for a good... 
it podcasting. Does. Yeah. So we need the young Jamie. N E T F L I X. Are you logged in? Yeah. Scotty, logged in. Well, they've changed the colours. This oh, isn't indicative of why I watch, by the way. good films on here, right? What are you watching at the moment? Uh, I don't know, scroll down. <laughs> Continue watching. Inception. I quite like that. Comedians st- in cars getting coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's and a I good started idea. watching The King of Comedy, which is supposed to be a classic, but yeah. I don't think it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting some funny I'm messages. Have to All right, let me search the magic pill. The magic pill, it's on here. All right, well, I'm. There you go. Talking out my ass. So here's. It's funny they use a picture of Pete on the front. I would have thought they'd have like a generic one. But this is. They're smart because they, he's a brand, you know, he's got a big pull. Mm. And they, they put him on the front. Right but next I mean, to what you the look health. at these right next to what the health, like a huge stark difference in um, overall message. But essentially, but it's just like talking it's good. about like if the, if food. if they had canned his, yeah, and still showing that, then yeah. that's kind of an injustice. But yeah, it's good to have like the full gamut, you know. I think so, um, because that's really what people should make be able to make um, informed decisions yeah. and you can't make informed decisions without being informed and that's probably one of the biggest issues with our uh, system right now especially the health system is that people are not informed when they go and seek health advice mm. and they'll they'll accept an antibiotic from a doctor for an ear infection even though mm. it does not work mm. <laughs> it's mm. so stupid or they'll accept an antibiotic from the GP for the common cold when mm. they should ethically not be subscribing mm. that because mm. it just uh, prescribing that because it leads to antibiotic resistance mm. and it doesn't help the person develop their immunity for the next one. Um, so if someone wa- starts to walk into those sort of situations with uh, armed with knowledge, you know, the whole system will change and it is changing mm. very very fast mm. because now we have a situation where. <laughs> Patients are more educated than their practitioners on certain topics. Mm. And it's hard. Like for a GP, they've got to know all the different pharmaceuticals, but they do not get trained in nutrition um, predominantly. And mm. I believe that's still the case. Mm. A, a GP who's an integrative GP has to go off and do their own research, yeah. um, which you know is hard because it takes time. It takes them away from being in the office working with people. So the whole system is sort of conducive to uh, us being dependent on them in a big way. And you could go deep. You could talk about the pharmaceutical influence and all these different things. But yeah. yeah. But, but I guess it's <clears throat> historically they're sort of this pillar of society. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if White you, coat syndrome. Yeah. If, you, if you're sick, then you go see GP and yeah. you take what they say as, as gospel sort of yeah. thing. And you would never challenge it. But I think now with this sort of proliferation of information mm. from Netflix, from social media, yeah. people are becoming more informed totally. and maybe ch- challenging. Yeah. You know, I, I, I rarely go to a GP. If, it, if I do, it's for mm. a referral maybe yeah. or some. you know, there's a time and a place. I'm yeah. not saying, I don't think either of us are saying. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, it, needs, it needs to be there. Yeah. But, it, but it's sticky territory once you start, you know, you're sitting in there office and you start challenging what they're saying it's like <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um 
yeah, it's interesting. It's changing though, mm. and that's that's that comes down with information. And people, pe- pe- I firmly believe that although there might be this broad spectrum of information, mm. over time, like the the good, good stuff inf- will float to the top, float to the top, yeah. and you kind of just sift off yeah. what works for you. You know, totally, it's a good mm. analogy. There's a I think one of the biggest problems is there's such a stark difference between advice. Uh, so one G, you know, my my late grandma, her um, doctor throughout her, you know, she saw him for 30 years or whatever, yeah. and he was as old as her. Um, he was just telling her that she could drink ginger beer and coffee and still be hydrated. She didn't need to drink water. Yeah, right. You know, and the same doctor is telling my grandpa to take... Um, but barley sugars for his diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, like, prescribe stuff that completely contradicts the other. Mm. You know? It's like lower blood pressure with one, increase it with another. Mm. And I just think... And then... But that's not reflective of all of the whole system. That's mm. one guy. Mm. So we probably have to stop criticising the entire system as a whole because another GP that my um, girlfriend's dad saw said um, to the, went to the GP and said look I've been sick for quite a while, I've got a chest thing blah 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 and the doctor goes she goes um, oh well I don't want to prescribe you antibiotics because it will wreck your gut and he goes oh that's so funny and she goes yeah yeah no have you seen the gut movie <laughs> it was so funny so like she said that you know, completely opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. So large... Guess, you know, it's it's easy to kind of throw a blanket over the yes, whole thing. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But we're all just people. You know, it, it's probably as much patient expectation as it is the actual prescription itself. Because mm. when people walk in there and go, oh, I'm sick, I need a pill for my ill, it just drives the same problem. Mm. 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 So going back to the... Um, experiment in Africa. Yeah. What What was the outcome? So we saw drastic changes in my gut microflora. Um, I in went a, in over a pretty there. short space of time. Five right? days. Yeah, right. So I went over there with. Um, I sort of. And you're lower. coming from a fairly healthy base, well, anyway. Actually, I had I've had a significant amount of antibiotics younger. Um, my diversity was showing up as a little bit low. In fact, not the lowest, but a little bit low, especially for someone who's, you know, the health guy. Mm. Um, so I was like, fuck. Don't put <laughs> this Shit, in the my movie. poo sucks. <laughs> but then um, five days, after five days with the sun, um, my diversity shifted across the, the graph 12%, which mm. is Huge. very significant. But that 12% changed my status from being in a low diversity to a very high diversity Mm. um, up around where the Bushmen were sitting actually so that just shows how quickly the gut Mm. microbiome can change so for instance if I took that original test and this is where it's flawed as well that original test I can't even remember when I took it Um, but if I had somehow restricted my eating or influenced my microbial diversity in a negative way maybe and i wouldn't have done this but i maybe i'd had like um soft drink or things that i know mm. restrict the microbiome um you could 
have a direct impact on the gut very quickly mm. to influence the results. Mm. Um, and this is where the whole idea, and this is why it's been great to do the film because it's generated so much discussion about what do you take out of it. Um, it is the long-term diet. It's the long-term diet which mm. determines your overall gut health. Mm. It's not that detox you do during winter to try and get ready for summer. Mm. Um, it is what you eat well, 95% it's we're, of the time. We're sort of engineered to get healthy by tomorrow, you know, yeah. or, you know, training to get fit tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about this at that presentation we did the other week. Yeah. That it, it's, don't get caught up in that minutiae. It'll be what you do over a long period of time that'll yeah. sort of be the testament to your, to your health. 100%. You know, and I, I always tell people you're better off being 80% perfect for the rest of your life as opposed to 100% mm. perfect for 12 weeks. Mm. Um, but that's how we're like agi- agitated to that. You I know? know, we want to get lean for summer and yeah. strip for the wedding. It's like just be consistent. Mm. And as you say, like even if that means dialing that, that the intensity effect, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also coming back to where we started off this discussion. It's comes back to a rejection of what society tells you to be like mm. and what values to adopt. You need to put up blockers I think um, and this is why I don't watch TV this is why I don't watch or why I watch Netflix I'm 100% on you know online streaming services and I watch movies I'm a massive movie person obviously um, but I do not watch just TV just your own yeah, just my own just the gut movie see the gut movie <laughs> <laughs> no but um, this is why I do not expose myself to that stuff when I drive I drive with it's in silence. I do. You know, no radio. Oh, really? Or I'll put on an audio book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't listen to Never, radio. ever radio. Because, and I, ne- I do not follow anything on social media that's going to be like hypey or mm. next big thing or blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, I saw blah, you blah. unfollow me. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's about <clears throat> cultivating a life in which you are very, um, you hold on to, to your values at all costs, mm. but at the same time, you stay open to being challenged with new ideas. And I think that's probably one of my biggest assets, the one that I'm most proud of, is that I'm always open, whether it's religion, whether it's health, whether it's whatever, mm. whatever, I'm completely open. I'll consider anything. Because you don't have to agree with something no. to consider it. No. And you're allowed to, you know, that person walking down the street is allowed to be a raw vegan and is allowed to say that he feels great because of it. Mm. It doesn't mean that I have to do the same thing. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I, I had this sort of, you know, when I was talking and presenting mm. a number of years ago, I had this kind of more rigid mm-hmm. approach or rigid delivery. Me too. Um, you know, demonising certain food groups. Yep. and same. And I, and I kind <laughs> of, uh, I learned the hard way. Yeah. That there's a there's a better way of doing it. There's a yeah. softer approach um, because you end up polarizing people, yeah. and once you've polarized them, you kind of you've lost, you've them. lost them. So if you can soften that message, mm. you'll have you'll have you'll be speaking to a broader population. Yeah, and if that message is a little bit softer, they're more likely to adhere to it and mm. take it on board. And so now I, I, if I'm pushed, I'll talk about certain food groups yeah. that are inherently bad for us yeah um but even that has so many different levels to it you can't just say 
Weed is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it has so many different yeah. levels to it. So, um, yeah, I just simply like celebrate and mm. sing about all the foods that yeah. are great for us. Yeah. Because there's an abundance of So many. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been an interesting journey on my part. But, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've definitely softened around the edges. And I have with my, my own, yeah. the food on the my practice. plate. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, I used to, I was a pain in the ass if someone, <laughs> somebody invited me out for dinner yeah. and they'd put fucking chickpeas in the salad or yeah. something. I'd be like, oh, God, the <laughs> phytic acid. Uh, and I would, you know, be polite, but I would... Pick around. Yeah, and yeah. now I just, you know, yeah. I don't, it's what I do. Because yeah. I know, you know, I've spent years <laughs> cultivating uh, a robust, healthy yeah. gut. Yeah. And so I... I can, be, can, I can yeah. be, you know, I can tolerate those certain foods and yeah. it's not, those certain foods aren't in my diet, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. They might be in, you know, the odd lunch here or, yeah. you know, dinner there. It's, it's, again, what we're sort of saying is that kind of, what does your diet look like mm. long term? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, people, there's a lot of people are looking for answers, but I find that self-discovery is the most powerful lesson giver the most powerful teacher um and it's that whole lead a horse to to water thing i would much rather and this is my entire life's mission i would much rather inspire people to think and think critically and evaluate stuff Mm. as opposed to telling them what to do Mm. much rather do that Mm. even if it leads them to something that is the opposite of what I believe, mm. I don't care. Mm. I just want to inspire people into thinking and shifting mm. perspectives and, mm. and being humans again and rejecting... Yeah, being critical, being... Yes. It's yeah. good to be sceptic. Yeah, totally. I mean, how many times... How many examples do we need of, quote-unquote, the system letting us down, making huge errors, mm. to lose trust in it? Because it's a shamble. Like, mm. here in Australia particularly, we have an incredibly corrupt government. And yet, because it's Australia, it's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, mm. she'll be right. Mm. If, this, if some of the stuff that happens here happened in the States... Yeah, right. It'd be huge news. Right. You know? But we're just so relaxed here... It's yeah. ridiculous, and especially the corrupt situation in the medical and the ties in with the medical system and the government is ridiculous, just with our Prime Minister and his wife owning a significant amount of shares in pharmaceutical companies alone. He's on my next podcast, actually. Oh, tell him I'm not happy <laughs> You know, but at the same time, I go, well, Malcolm Turnbull... What's Sorry, what, what, what's that connection? What's that? I don't know it well enough to talk in detail, but right. basically... Maybe she sold them, don't know, maybe it's changed. But basically, the Prime Minister's wife... Let's Google it. (laughs) It could be conspiracy theories, though. No, it's definitely true. You know, it's all on public listings and stuff. She was owning a significant amount of shares in a pharmaceutical company which happened to benefit from a certain legislation that was brought in during his... Oh, no doubt that's... that's Tenure. Common Mm. kind of... But it should not be common. No, absolutely. And when we're rolling out certain um, medical products here in Australia that in another country, like India, there's currently a lawsuit happening um, to sue the company because it's causing the issues it's saying it's trying to fix, you know? 
and I, sh- you know, I see that stuff and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Mm. When will we stop subscribing to this? So that's really what but, I want to do. But that system is so <coughs> entrenched. Yeah, yeah, entrenched. <laughs> so we, we, yeah. most of us don't question it. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It goes back to the doctor being the pillar of society. Yeah. I'm sick, go to the doctor, yeah. he prescribes pills A, B and C mm. and you go home, take them. You, you know? like <laughs> yeah, fixed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And so to challenge that, you know, you look like a conspiracy theorist and <laughs> a lunatic. Totally. There's a certain... Okay, I have to kind of pull the reins on, you know, yeah. when you're presenting, you yeah. kind of... You, you, I mean, it depends who the audience is. Yeah, you kind of want to say. But most of the time, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to save that for another, a private, yeah, debate. Yeah, because there's so much grey. Like if it was all black and white, and you could just say GPs are not educated on nutrition, it would be so easy. But it's Mm. not the case because Mm. some GPs have gone and done the work. Mm. You know, so how? And it's not just GPs. I know I keep saying GPs, but you know, I'm not. There are some incredible GPs out there. Um, but any sort of medical professional, even even in the alternative health space as well, um, we can't just say this is the case mm. across the board because mm. it's not. And that's why, rather than telling people what is the case, try and teach them to think and evaluate mm. Mm. Um, so that they can reach the right decision make, make in the different scenarios. Choices, yeah. Totally. That's all yeah. it comes down to. Um, but again, you can't make informed decisions without being informed. Yeah. That's why we need a strong... And that's why I love journalism, true, strong journalism at its peak, you know, when it's unbiased and it's... Mm. Um, I mean, to, to, to an extent, it's all going to be biased because it's based off opinion um, in a large... You know, even in between the facts, there's yeah, always opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I'm sort of really excited about that profession, even just storytelling in general. I look at, like, Dallas Buyers Club, the film, and what mm. that did for... The, the AIDS um, mm. movement and, and medical approach in, in that mm. field, which was gone, which was not discussed for so long. Mm. Um, and then also the constant gardener, what that did for discussion around pharmaceutical presence in Africa. Mm. Um, it's a good film. Yeah, amazing film. So that's, that's where I want to go. That's mm. where my heart is, you know, storytelling and inspiring people. Mm. Well, good on you, mate. Yeah, it's exciting. It's good. Well, let me know if I can do anything. <laughs> Thank you. You uh, have a couple million? You want to invest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about money, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. No, it'll happen. Plenty of films coming up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. cool. All right, well, what's on for the rest of the day, mate? Uh, this was my only... I actually had a meeting at one. I got a... But then it turned into a phone meeting. Great. So I bust into the city today because uh, I didn't want to drive. Uh, I was like, I want to bust and stretch my hamstrings because I did deadlifts for the first time in four months. And I was like, oh, my God. Heavy? Hamstrings. No, no, I started off at like 60 kilos or something. Yeah, right. I got to, I think I was doing like 110 or something. And then, that's all right. That's not bad. Yeah. Yesterday? No, 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 oh. no, no. Um, before in I left. Past. Yeah. Right. And then I started training with this guy because I had a neck issue. Sets of 20, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like one RM, um, but who really was very specific on um, the correct technique and posture because my neck was having some issues because I was surfing too much without mm. preparing my b- body properly. Um, so yes, I've got into a lot of training. So yes, 
I caught the bus, listened to an audio book. I'm listening to 12 Rules for Life from Jordan Peterson. Right. He's a psychologist. Yeah. Super interesting guy. Quite sometimes radical views, but really intellectual, precise human. So, yeah, no, I'm going to go home, do this, and then I'm moving into my house, my new house tomorrow. Yeah, right. Aren't you doing that soon? I am. Uh, are you putting your hand up to help? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, week on Wednesday I move up to Northern Beaches after 20 years of living in around Bondi. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel? Do you feel like it's such a significant thing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't... Like, for years there was always that, you know, the East speaks badly of people from Manly <laughs> and vice versa and yeah, you, you should never cross, cross over the... Cross the uh, bridge. I've been crossing the... You know, my son goes to school on that side yeah. and my ex-wife's on that side and I worked for Thrive for a number of years yeah, so I was yeah. always on that side yeah. and it felt like I was just living I was just eating yeah, oh, sorry yeah. I was just sleeping <laughs> yeah. in Bondi but I've yeah. spent so it's been a long time coming um, and so we're moving in next week with my girlfriend and she grew up in, in Whale Beach so she's pretty familiar oh, with the region it's the best I'm going to buy a house there one day oh really yeah yeah it's a good spot shouldn't talk about it. Why? Because I don't want people to go there. Oh, right. <laughs> it's the best beach. That, the best beach. In the world. Of, yeah, really. Best. It's totally... Uh, everywhere. I've been everywhere. But beaches, you know, not everywhere. I think you died. I, I, I think it was the first time I took my board into the surf. At Whale? Yeah, I, I yeah. was working up at Whale Beach. Yeah. Took the board up. Finished work, drove down. Yeah. That's when I was working in construction years ago. Yeah. Paddled out. I was the only one out. Yeah. Hadn't knew nothing about surfing. <laughs> so the the first time I went surfing, I got a surfboard for my ex-wife on, on Christmas morning. Yeah. Boxing Day morning, drove down. I didn't knew fucking nothing, <laughs> right? So I just go down to Maroubra because I hear that Maroubra is good for surfing. Yeah. Paddle out, turn around, catch the first first ever wave I get up and I, I ride it to the point where I just step off onto nice. the sand yeah good like the first uh-huh. I was like fuck <laughs> that was the best wave I've ever yeah. caught mm. um, and so the next week or whatever go to Whale Beach paddle out think with this you know inflated <laughs> confidence yeah catch this wave just get absolutely fucking nailed nearly yeah. drown yeah I'm like, well, no wonder I'm the only one out here. Yeah. And just paddle. Sh- if anyone was watching from the <laughs> car in the beach car park, you like, would have made did he, just, did he just fucking paddle out? Why has he got him in? I was oh, terrified. So funny. You There's know, when you're kind of shaken up. Yeah, hundred percent. Being tumbled mm-hmm. and it's not a good feeling. Um, no, not at all. Mm. And so yeah, I've got I've got like three very dusty boards yeah. at home. You know. Um, but you were humble, right? Oh fuck yeah! The ocean humbles. I'm happy, I'm happy to paddle out at Clareville and see what yeah. it goes like. <laughs> For those who don't know where that is, that's on the <laughs> lake side. <laughs> Just waiting for the ferry to, oh, so, to go yeah, past. Little ripples. Yeah. Well, I can um, give you some pointers. Yeah. Once you're up on the beaches on the okay. right side of town. Okay. <laughs> you might see me on the other side of the peninsula. <laughs> no, I can't wait. Like, oh. it's got such an amazing feel up there. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Natural. Natural. Mm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for your time, mate. Thanks for having me. It's You're very a good welcome. Good chat. Yeah. Take it easy, mate. Thank you.